We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a bonus Blue Wire Studio episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Spahnauer and Theo Ash. We're going to talk about some NBA basketball. Just an FYI, we will talk about rounds two, three. We're going to wrap up the entire NFL draft on our Monday episode. Um, But for now, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs because... We have some fantastic series with the Bucks, Celtics. We have the Suns, Mavericks. We have the 76, 76ers Heat. And we're watching Minnesota and Memphis play right now. And we'll get an idea of who's playing the Warriors relatively soon. But before we get into that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing well. It's day two in Vegas. And uh, I, was, I always say that wrong. Vegas. People always tell me I Vegas. do. I've been, getting, <laughs> I've been getting flamed you on have. how I pronounce things and all day. Tell them how the, you say hammock. Hammock. Yeah. Amok. Wrong. Yeah, no. People from Wrong. Wisconsin know. The only valid state, <laughs> along with Minnesota as well. Uh, but yeah, those yeah. two states are the only ones whose opinion matter in my eyes. I don't know. Hammock. Uh, what was no. the other one that everyone was mad at me about? Bag. Bagel. Bagel. Yeah. Who says bagel? No one people says. From, no. Look, people from se- southern no. Wisconsin say bagel. And people with parents from southern Wisconsin say bagel. It's bagel and hammock. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, outside of that, outside of that, I've uh, been defending that tooth and nail. It's okay. It's been good outside of that. Yeah, you and I have both been getting slender. I've been getting slender for my movie, movie takes, and you've been getting having Ender, for your- Ender's Game is a top ten movie of all time. Well, <laughs> that's objectively more wrong than Bagel, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I disagree with both of you guys on the pronunciation and the movie stuff, but I wouldn't go out of my way to call you guys out about it. You know. Fair enough. That, that's, that's because you're a good friend, Matt. Good that, right? guy, Matt. Matt. Matt's a good friend. That's I'll let my, <laughs> my friends say hammock, and <laughs> I won't get mad at them. Matt's a good friend, that's all. But as always, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We did do an impromptu live today going over round two of the NFL draft. That went quite well. Um, you know, we love the turnout for, you know, whenever we go live to have all you guys coming out. So again, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already for more stuff like that. But 
you know, let's let's hop into these let's hop into these series. I know we want to talk about Bucks Celtics right off the bat. I think this is lining up to be maybe the most interesting series of the entire playoffs. I think it's interesting because it gives Giannis like he doesn't need to prove himself in any capacity. I, I want to like <laughs> preface that, but like if he beats the Celtics defense, who on paper is so well, you know, equipped to counter a player like Giannis without Chris Middleton, he there's nothing you can say about him anymore. There's no like, well, if he doesn't have enough perimeter scoring, he can get shut down that way. Um, but I do think that having Middleton out, and I don't know what the timetable for him to come back exactly looks like, but I would assume that it's not good. He's like guaranteed not to play game one. Um, I, I think I think the Celtics defense has, has got too many guys, and they're going to be able to key in on Giannis, not the same way, but you know, like how they did with Kevin Durant, and it'll be too much to help or too much for them to handle. So I have probably Celtics in six or seven. Celtics in six or seven. Theo, how are you feeling? I don't know. I I got to think about the production a little bit more because I'm just trying to think of what guarding Giannis looks like for the Celtics and like who. Who does that fall on more than anybody? It could be Al Horford. They've got um, they've got two Williams who can do that, and even like Tatum, Tatum and Brown are big enough and and mobile enough that. So I guess it'll be a team effort. Is is what I'm kind of talking myself into, mm-hmm. and, it, and just will that be enough? Because thinking about the Suns finals last year and and Giannis dropping fifty, it's like <laughs> in that game six and all these blocks, it's like he's a tough guy for me to bet against. Um, at any rate. And even if Middleton's not on the perimeter, drawing maybe some double teams, maybe you don't feel like you have to stay on him quite as, as tight and you can maybe help out on Giannis a little bit more. I I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to bet against I, Giannis. I don't think that's a bad take at all. Because uh, I was saying when Middleton went down, it was 1-1 in the Bulls series. I'm like, man, that's not good for the Bucks. That's a problem. And they won three straight. Right. But I think it's less about necessarily like Middleton drawing attention uh, like drawing double teams or it's more like the less respect you have to give the bucks at the perimeter the easier it is to guard Giannis and on top of that you've got so many guys on that team that are like I I like coming in as help and defensive like Tatum is 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 a solid matchup you know Williams solid matchup you've got a lot of guys you've got a lot of good interior defense a lot of good perimeter guys those guys are ready to go and you saw how they did it with Kevin Durant where they'd go and they'd bother those guys or like they go bother Kevin Durant, I mean, and they throw double teams at him. And the second that he tried to, you know, turn his back or do anything, um, they were ready to go and make things as difficult as possible for him. And that was with, you know, Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving. And I know that offense wasn't really the chemistry on, on the offense was pretty bad, uh, but they still could get some serious spacing out there, some serious threats, and they were still able to do that to KD. Now, if you know. You saw in the Bulls series, like Grayson Allen stepped up big time. If he doesn't do that again, it's just Holiday out there, you know, who's really, really creating on the perimeter. The the one thing that I, I would worry about is is it not when when we talk about the difference between like Kevin Durant and Giannis. Mm-hmm. I feel like Giannis, we're talking about the best player in the NBA, right? We're talking about someone who you know, I Theo, you mentioned in the Sun series, that dude isn't afraid of anything. So when when I think about like oh. Well, is are they going to be able to like shut him down on the interior and and because there's no like perimeter threat now? What does shutting down Giannis even look like? Well, yeah, I mean th- that's a it's a good question. And and these last couple games against Giannis for the Celtics this year, they've only played each other three times. Giannis has put up 
20 points, 36 points, and 29 points in the three games. And his plus minus has been in the negatives, albeit minus one for two of them. <laughs> plus minus of those pretty, games. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty noisy. It's pretty noisy. So, you know, it is. But like, man, even though there's like one out of three games, he's put up 20 or two out of three games, it's 29, 36, and 20. So, that, but like, that's what you got to, you're happy if you hold them to just that. Really, right. it's, it's like, like only, only 30 points for oh, the right. best player in the NBA. Yeah. No, I mean, anything under 30 a game is big time in this Yeah, series. and I mean, they've done a, a decent job at that through the 2021s. Uh, there was a period before that where looking at his just career against the Celtics where there was I mean, they beat. I mean, games, they beat him in 2019, 2018. I can't remember. He, they've, they've beaten, now this was a long time ago. This is like almost like a saying different LeBron Giannis. beat the Cavs. But yeah. these guys, these guys are, I don't want to say anyone is well equipped to like go against Giannis. He is one of like the most unstoppable players in the NBA. But if there was a team to be equipped to do that, it would be the Celtics team. Their defense is like that. Yeah. And I think like with Middleton out, you think of like the, the guard matchups and how Drew Holiday is a little bit streakier of an offensive, like a secondary offensive threat than you'd like. Although he's, you know, Brooke Lopez can score. He, he might not be like the number two guy there, but, you know, Marcus Smart can like make it so there's just not a lot of guard production at all for for the Bucks. So I think Eileen Celtics in this series, um, they were my pick before, and I, I don't think enough is, uh, I don't think enough has changed. They just swept the nets for God's sake for me to pick against them, so... And that, that's the other thing. I feel like Middleton and Holiday are both really streaky players as is. So you lose one of those guys and you're really counting on Holiday to have big games consistently. Um, so that's, that's another thing where it's like, if they can do this, they can beat the Celtics. Yeah. The problem is we, we underestimated the Bucks the first time, like the rest of the series against the Bulls after Middleton got yeah, hurt. After like yeah. two rough games, it was 1-1 and Middleton's down. We're like, I don't know. And then the Bucks yeah. just beat the brakes off the Bulls the rest of the way. Because so Giannis is like that. <laughs> like, he Giannis, is. Giannis is like that. And the rest of the Grayson Allen has had a really good series. I felt um, like he stepped up and is more than just the dirty player that he was at Duke. So there's that. And yeah, I, I'm leaning Celtics. I don't know about you guys, but I know you had the probably the Bucks. In this I had originally. I had the Bucks originally. Like, and if if Middleton was playing, I may stick with the Bucks because I had them going to the finals. But um, without Middleton, I do think that is. Like Middleton, that's a big deal yeah, for them. Top 40 player. Deal for, and on, on defense as well. You know, and now it's harder to match up against the Celtics on offense, which we didn't even really talk about. But, you know, they're going to be able to do their thing. So I'll, I'll go Celtics in six or seven. You're both picking the Celtics here. I'll be different. I'll pick the Bucks just because I'll put my faith Respect in. Respect it. I'll put my faith in Giannis. But let's talk, wait, let's talk about Celt stopping the Celtics real quick. Because, like, obviously Giannis is, is one animal. But, like, yeah, the Celtics do have two more on the other side. If... So you're you're on you're on Celtics now that Middleton out is like, mm -hmm. but we do think it's possible. Like, what do you think the path to beating the Celtic or the Bucks getting past the Celtics looks like without Middleton? Is it just you know Giannis dominating, or is there like an X factor in the series well, that maybe? Okay, why don't we? Ask, how long is Middleton out? That's the real. That's the he first thing. No, but he is like he will not be out the whole series if it goes to seven. That's the other thing. Okay, right. I don't think so. Okay. But like it's. One of those injuries where he could come back, but is he going to be back and okay and healthy? And how do you rush him back? And if it gets to a game seven and he's not really ready to go, do you say, well, the season's on the line, dude, you got to play? Like, it's tough to know with that that type of stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to speculate too, too much on it. But 
Um, I think with stopping the Celtics, I mean, the, the Bucks. the other thing is that the Bucks do have a, a much better defense than the Nets. Yeah. And I just think that you want to force them. It's like any other team, you know, they're, you want to force them into tough shots and living and dying by like the ISO game stuff, how they were at the beginning of the year. So you, cause now the, the big step for the Celtics this year has been the ball movement, right? Right. They're getting everybody involved. Um, and they're not relying, and they still have, you know, obviously the Tatum and the Jalen Brown ISO stuff, but they're not relying on it as much because even if they're a great player, you can still rely on it too much. Um, so if you can force them, if you can maybe slow down the pace of play a little bit, and they're going to need to be well coached. I'm not exactly sure how you stop the, the Celtics from moving the ball entirely, but that would be what I'd try to do. And also just, you know, you need to win your one-on-one matchups with Tatum and Brown and stuff like that, and that's hard to do. Ritter just went, oh, we are receiving word. <laughs> we talk, we're not going to talk about the draft. That The Falcons have the greatest quarterback room in history now with Felipe Franks. <laughs> Felipe Franks. Desmond Ritter Desmond and Marcus Mariota. Guess what, though? I made a video calling this that Ritter will go to the Falcons. Did you? So while you guys talk about the next series, I'm going to post this on Twitter and look like a genius real quick. <laughs> I'm going to post it on Twitter and look like a genius. So do you want to move on to Suns Mavericks? Oh, you're going to move on to that series while I well, can't talk okay. about Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm playing. We'll, we'll, Mac, we'll, oh, you go for it. We can talk about Heat 76ers. Why don't we finish yeah. up the East here real quick? Um, so Joel Embiid has the worst luck of any player. Like, he is injury prone, right? Yeah. But getting, like, a king. This one is in, he's in, like, a four, soft tissue. Like, yeah. four minutes left to go. This isn't some, like, lower body, like, oh, this is reoccurring. This is... Bad luck. He got an elbow to the face on a Siakam Euro step with four minutes to go in a 30-point game to close out the series. And now he is out indefinitely. And I do not think that the 76ers have a chance against the Heat without him. I don't think so either. I mean, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, Harden, Harden did not really silence the doubters with that, that first series against the Raptors. And they won that series... They ended up not choking. Like it kind of seemed like they might there for a second, but yeah, he didn't look like one of the best players in the NBA, and he hasn't for some months now, and he hasn't dropped a forty-point game all season, which is probably the I don't even know how many times that's happened yeah. in Harden's career. I mean, probably hasn't happened since he was like, even if, even if he had silenced the doubters, Harden like the one thing that I've always preached with Harden is like Harden's another guy that has horrible luck, where it's like he gets in a position like. Prime Harden would get into positions where it was like, wow, they could make a finals run. And then his whole team's like cooked. He has no chance. And now we're in a position where it's like, he's not even prime Harden anymore. And he doesn't, you know, have Embiid. I mean, there's just, even if he was playing at his best, I don't think they would have, I don't think they would have the firepower to get it done. And it'd be a mistake to talk about this series as if Embiid is going to be out the whole time, but now he's dealing with this hand thing and he's got that orbital fracture, and he's got a concussion, you're probably going to, like, if you go down 2-0 to this Heat team, which is, you know, we're, we're talking straight up, I, I probably would have still picked the Heat in seven. Now it gets really tough, and with the Harden stuff, I, I am not, like, a Harden hater. Like, I like Harden pretty well, but you've got, he was not playing well against the Raptors, and now with him beat out, he's going to get even more defensive attention, and he's going to have to do even more. And I feel like the stamina stuff has really, really hurt um, Harden at times, where if like you get late into the games, you can see it's like going for fouls a little bit more than really trying to score yourself. 
Um, and that pushed DeAndre Jordan into yeah, the spotlight. Yeah. And, you've <laughs> got, and you've got... That's not good. Yeah, dude. I mean, they're going to start DeAndre Jordan for every game that Embiid misses. And it's just... And it might just be one, but like, how often does the teams that win game one go on to win the series? Especially a, a one seed, you know? Like, right. the Heat would probably be favored anyway. Right. So, like, the fact that, like, it's not like, oh, you know... Jimmy Butler is missing game one or like Embiid's missing game one against the Raptors there, you know, there's still, yeah, no, I, know, I, I think, favorite. I think it's when the home not, team wins game one, it's like they have an 85% chance of winning the series. Yeah. Like something crazy. Yeah. So yeah. And the heater banged up too. Lowry's um, been hurt. Um, Butler has been hurt, but it's not. Yeah. So maybe they could steal game one like that, but they looked real good. It's a hard narrative completely on the line here in the series. He's either going <laughs> to, play well and keep him in, in the series or he's going to not. I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll make you a deal. James Harden, you ball out and get, and get, get a win in game one against the heat. I'll buy a, I'll buy a James Harden Jersey. This will mean a lot to James. It will mean a lot to him that his biggest, he fan doesn't will, have many fans now. His biggest so fan will buy really his biggest fan will buy a Jersey. I don't know. We um, got bulls got next is probably his biggest. <laughs> fan. Probably. But yeah, no, I agree. Like the heat again, were my pick to, 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 win this series. I had the, I had the 76ers losing in seven to the Raptors. They ended up not choking that away. So I was wrong there, but yeah, it is, it is a matchup where it's like Maxi and Harden, you know, Maxi's a nice player. Harden has been bad, but yeah, Deandre Jordan getting forced into the spotlight is, is a major problem because he's one of the worst NBA <laughs> players in the league as it stands right now. The effort's low. The mobility is low. He's not as physical as he once was. It's like, he's never been a good shooter. So it's like, what are you offering at this point? Do you, do you guys think if we made that, uh, that rankings quiz, but for like the worst players, <laughs> he'd be low. I mean, Halliburton also, I mean, he's good defensively, but he's been brutal offensively. So it's like, are they just going to be able to put enough points on the board, you know? And against, uh, I, and then, I think uh, that's also the, the question of about the heat, right? Is like, are the heat going to be able to put enough points on the board? Cause their offense has been the subject of some questions. So I guess there's that, but I feel much better about going it. Going from Embiid to DeAndre Jordan. He's got to be like spacing problem. It's, it's, it's just such a big gap because you're going from Embiid who draws these like ridiculous double teams and you have to do that and no one can guard him and he can do anything from the perimeter or inside and he's just needs aggressive defensive attention all the time no matter where he is to DeAndre Jordan who isn't going to space the floor properly and makes it hard to play, you know, certain lineups and stuff. So it's just, it's, it's such a wild change. And I think it's going to make everything so much harder on Philadelphia perimeter scores that are already, I mean, like, like James Harden already not making you feel great or Maxie who's been playing good, but you're asking a lot out of Tyrese Maxie. Yeah. So yeah, I probably, I probably have the heat in this one depending on I don't I I have a hard time seeing the 76ers clutching up a game without Embiid depending on how long he's out but then I think even if he plays he's going to be and he's got the broken finger got, too you know he's he's banged up dude is banged up um so as he always is at this point in the year it's just the way it, it falls for him usually so it sucks Embiid deserves more I fear um but you know who else deserves more the Me. fans. Me, Theo. I deserve more. Theo. And that's why, Theo, I'm offering you this great deal with our good friends over at Prize Picks, you know, where they make daily fantasy super easy. You know, I'm excited they, to see what baseball player you're going to pull out, if you can uh, think of a third one. I, bro, how many baseball players do you legitimately think I know? Zero. 
<laughs> I know Mike Trout. I know Aaron Judge. Okay. Judge is a guy we haven't mentioned. Have we not? Okay, I'll do Judge then. All right, Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS operator and offers every player and stat category you can think of. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on Jason Tatum combined with the under on Aaron Judge in the same entry. Users that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code STAYHOT. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code STAYHOT or go to your app store. Download the Prize Picks apps today. Prize Picks is where daily fantasy is made easy. All right. Do you want to talk about your Phoenix Suns, Theo? Yeah, let's talk about the Suns. We got Booker back. Hey. Um, I couldn't watch the, the game where they closed us out because the draft was happening at the same time and we, we, were, we were live yeah. on that. We only had one TV. So I, word on the street is it was a Chris Paul masterclass, the point guard, following up his four-point performance in game five, a loss, and now... He, he mostly played good outside of that yeah. one. I mean, he took point. game one. There was that run that the, they, they were up pretty big and then... The Pelicans went on a run. It was looking like the Suns were on the ropes. He took over that game. Played very well um, in basically every game but game five, which was a little bit disappointing. So Chris Paul, again, multiple times in this series, was on fire, couldn't miss, put the team on his back. I remember there was a point during the draft where you look at your phone to like just check on the game and you're like, Chris Paul's 11 for 11. He went 13 <laughs> for 13 with thir for 33 points. You Again, this is a guy who they will try to tell you is not clutch. This is a guy who is not a winner um, in a closeout game versus the Pelicans. Um, went 13 for 13 following a, a playoff run last year where he was dropping like 40-point clo uh, closeout games. Chris Paul, I want him on my sleigh when things are going <laughs> wrong. Can, anyway, but like, yeah, it was a brutal series to watch as a Suns fan. So the, the three-point shooting just was horrific. Couldn't hit a broadside of a barn. Uh, Crowder especially was rough in this series, creating uh, crucial mistakes, breaking every, like, I don't know what he shot in this series. It had to have been like 20%. So they were not, it wasn't like they weren't getting open looks against this Pelicans team. They were. I think all of this could have been a sweep even without Booker out if it wasn't for the Suns just missing all the easy looks and the Pelicans hitting all the hard looks. Like, it wasn't like, oh my God. If, this it, if it wasn't for the Suns not playing well and the Pelicans playing well. Right, yeah, but like, I mean, it was like almost like the Pelicans would be shooting 55% from three yeah. and the Suns would be shooting like <laughs> three for 20, something like that. So it was like an extreme, some, some of these games were just extreme like that. Um, but yeah, it, it, we, that's gotta be better. Otherwise they're gonna lose. You mm -hmm. can't just brick all the threes that you're taking. And I think that's the, that's the main thing to look out for is like, can they get out of this shooting slump? Because I do believe that they're the best team in basketball when they... Um, are on, but they weren't on in that first game. Booker is, didn't have a great game coming off that hamstring, so that's something to watch out for as well. I think the Mavericks um, kind of almost got a free, like that Jazz team just was so, their, their weakness was so apparent and so easily yeah. exploited that it was almost like a free series mm -hmm. for them. Yes. Like, like, it almost feels like any team would have beat the Jazz with how big their weak spots were. Even without, like, Luke, we talked about, like, oh, you know, how much are the Mavericks going to struggle and how quickly are, gonna, are they going to have to decide whether or not Luka comes back? <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter. At I mean, all. Yeah. <laughs> like, they could have won, won that series without Luka. 
The Mavericks yeah. are very legit right but now. But they are. They did have a very said. legit series. I think, you know, the two things are that Jalen Brunson is, is seriously, you know, doing it all off the yeah. perimeter right now. Um, and that's a guy that they just haven't had in a long time. They're, since they've gotten Luka, they haven't had that dude. And I don't know if Brunson has necessarily been as good as he's been playing the in the last series all year quite at that level. But if he stays at that level, um, that's their second option. They're in yeah. good shape. The other thing is that the Mavs defense, maybe you don't look at the Mavs defense and you're like, this is a list of a bunch of individual amazing defenders. Um, but they do play good team defense. They, they work hard on that end of the ball. Um, so they're not going to let the Suns get anything easy. I do think Phoenix matches up pretty decently against them. I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff that they were doing, like, you know, Maxi at the five, DeAndre Ayton should be able to should be able to go to work against that. So if they do that, you know, I, I want to see. Sometimes I feel like Ayton doesn't get enough looks on, on those mismatches. So they, I want to, I'd like to see him do that. You know, you obviously need Devin Booker to cook. And I think there's no one one-on-one. I'm like, yeah, that guy's going to shut down Devin Booker and ISO ball for the Mavs. And I think while Luka is really good at creating, I think um, the Suns uh, have a little bit maybe overall more talent on yeah, offense. Yeah, their the perimeter way. defense is, is And the perimeter good. defense. Their is perimeter good. defense is quite good. The, the one thing where it's like that really scares me is, as a Suns fan is, is like the guys who can just wreck the game plan are the big fives. Like that's where it's like Aiton, Aiton's a good center and everything like that, but it's like the flashbacks to the finals last year where Giannis just killed. Right. Is like, is that's the perimeter. If there's someone who could like Luca, I'd rather go into a series against a guy like Luca than a guy like Embiid or Giannis. Like, just because I feel like we don't quite have that interior presence as much as the Suns do that exterior perimeter presence. So, yes, they, the Mavs are a very legit team. Um, I do think that they were not quite as dominant post all-star break as you typically see from a team that makes a deep run into the playoffs. And even though they just had a dominant series against the jazz, the jazz just seem mentally checked out against that. I, I don't view the Mavericks as legitimate contenders in the West still, even still, even as good of a series they had, even without Luca against the jazz. I, I think that the Suns can prevail here and we're watching Memphis, Minnesota right now. I, I think we're getting, we're getting the the Suns versus Warriors in the in the Western Conference Finals. I think I can say that right now. But yeah. those are just my thoughts on it. No, I I, th- I think you're completely right about you know Suns Warriors. Like the Warriors at points straight up look like the best team on the planet. Yeah, the way the way Pool has been playing, like people are like, oh, who's going to be the third splash? Third splash. It's brother. a pool party. It's a pool party. Listen. The the Suns are another team that I like. The Suns and the Warriors at, at point each look like the best team on the planet, and it's just going to come down to who can probably who Celtics can stay. too. I think look like that occasionally. Those then the Bucks. Like at this point, like Bucks, Celtics, Suns, Warriors are kind of, if like I yeah. would agree. The Heat, the Heat are nice too. The, the, um, I, I, I would I would still believe in the Sixers if Embiid could stay even remotely healthy. <laughs> Because I, I do think Embiid's that guy. I mean, the, the, the Sixers were my pick to go to the finals out of the East just because I, I believed in Embiid. I believed in Harden. And Max, he'd been playing well. But, you know, it, if Embiid can't stay healthy, that's, that's wraps. I mean, those four teams are pretty much it. Yeah. 
so we don't know the winner of this Memphis Minnesota game yet. So I don't want to totally talk about you know just assume it's gonna it's a tie game right now. I know Memphis is up in this series and the Timberwolves winning two games in a row is unlikely, but I don't want to break down a Warriors Grizzlies series and then have it be Warriors Timberwolves. Yeah, but I but do like, want to say, okay, okay. What what does a di- what difference? Like, do you think the Warriors beat either of these teams? No, but like how they attack each would be quite different. So yeah. it, you know, it just but I I want to talk maybe go back to maybe a take I think is interesting from you, Matt, <laughs> that I'm going to make you answer for. Okay. Suns versus Pelicans, Pelicans get eliminated. Yes. Are, but they, they took a good Suns team, not quite the distance to seven, but they gave them all they, they could they, have. They, they gave them a good fight. Zion coming back next year. Mm-hmm. They've got the draft. They've got free agency. With as, this was a great year for the Pelicans, right? Like they turned it around and, and made it a series. Like no Pelicans fan is going to be unhappy. Next year, what do you think the expectation should be? Because most people think like this could be a real contender here soon. I don't want to say that I'm like low on the Pelicans or that they're overrated before we see them pick a top 10 pick. Yeah. Or like, you know, like there's a lot to be done to the team. But I do think that there's definitely some potential that they will be um, just because I still see a lot of problems with the team, you know. Herb Jones, um, you know, getting a lot of hype on defense, but I still think that when you get Zion back, that team defensively is exploitable, right? Like, it still can be beaten, and it, it, it was, even with Herb Jones out there. Um, and, you know, guys might point to, you know, these two defensive rookies and be like, oh, see, the, the defense is going to be there. And they have guys where it's like they can play good on defense, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still interested to see them do it over a long stretch, I guess would be my take on that. I think the spacing with Zion back is interesting um, because with Valanciunas, I mean, he is a better shooter than like, he's not a non-shooter, but he's not really spacing the floor. And Zion, he can shoot a little bit, but he's not really spacing the floor. And you're making things really difficult for yourself right there with two of your starters, you know? Um, So I think that could be another problem for them. And then the big one is that Oh, and when they get Zion back, well, it's not Zion playing like eighty games, seventy games is yeah. not happened yet. That he was that's, that's yet. what I was going to ask you because one thing we were talking about earlier was, oh, you know, these big guys that keep getting hurt, they don't just magically all of a sudden play eighty-two games. Yeah. That doesn't. Embiid is hurt in the playoffs. Shocker, you know. Oh, we <laughs> right. just needed a healthy Embiid in the playoffs. Well, guess what? Like, and that, yeah. that's and that's yeah. how the injury stuff goes, right? Like someone who is injury prone like that, and sometimes guys turn it around. Some guys. Times they do, but a lot of times when a guy is injury prone, it's not you know, like the NFL. It's like where, oh, it's a roll of the dice whether they play. It's like you play 82 games. If they're injury prone, they will get hurt and you can't really rely on them. I get the logic with the Pelicans. It's like, okay, you have a team that just challenged the one seed without their best player. They're going to get their best player back. They should be significantly better and the expectation should be significantly higher. And I don't necessarily disagree with that depending on what they do in the off season, but I think it's more complicated than that. And I still think there's a lot of problems with the team. Yeah. You, you also have to rely on like, oh, well, maybe the team also just overperformed. There is, there is a like, there is a little bit like maybe they do worse in one game. And it's like, if they won this in five, would we really be talking about it? Right. If the series wasn't two, two at one point, would we really like, we maybe yeah, we would, but like, it's still, you know, a good Pelicans team that went and won in the plans. I don't want to take away too much from them. Um, but I don't think they're necessarily just a Zion addition away from being this perfect team. Although their offense would be, would be pretty. Yeah, fun. that's that's my thing. Is like, 
so many times star power can get it done in the NBA. Like maybe that's a dumb thing to say right after the Nets got eliminated. Right. The the Celtics have star power too. Yeah. But I look at, I think brand, I'm higher on brand. I'm so high on Brandon Ingram. You're not wrong. Like as a, as a scorer, I think he's just about as good as anybody in, in basketball. Like Kate, I don't think he's far off from KD. I don't like as a, I don't think he's off from Booker or whoever you want to say, like he can just, the mid range game is killer. Um, I, he killed the Suns many times, just like taking it straight to the basket. Maybe the three point shooting could get a little bit better from him. He's not quite what you'd consider like one of the deadliest guys in the league, but I mean, he's gotten better every year and it's not unreasonable to think that even next year he could, he could be averaging some ridiculous amount per game. So there's that. I love a healthy Zion again, an all-star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, super efficient. Like I think that duo can just carry it by itself. And the fact that they got this far without that duo, um, makes me relatively high. I think that they can certainly win a playoff series or two next year. Um, We'll see, though. I, I'm I'm relatively high on them, and, and a year of development from Herb Jones. Can he turn into like a Mikhail Bridges, you know, or something like that? And he's he's pretty close already. So I think of like that core, and then McCollum is still there. I don't know. I I like it. I like it. But yeah, the Zion thing is we'll is see. Real we'll scary. Well, a lot of a lot of the stuff I have is like they need to. There's some changes, some like retooling that needs to be yeah. done to the roster. And they're gonna do that this offseason. Yeah, you could so we'll uh, see yeah. what happens. I wonder if maybe a Valentinus tree. Like I don't know. There's a couple. Of things I that's I, I would be thinking about it because I I, I love Valentinus. He really is one of my favorites. But. You, know, you guys want to know what I love? I love Valentinus because he got twenty for twenty. Wait a sec, one sec, Blade. I'll let you. I just want to say <laughs> Valentinus is an all-time center on two K on two K. No, he that guy really is, is automatic twenty and twenty for me. Automatic twenty and twenty. You know what else is automatic? What's on it? Okay, now you can get, now you can transition. I just had to get that two K note in there just because he's fair so enough, fair so enough, good Leo. against. Listen, I love Manscaped so much that I ordered. I have three shirts. Man, this, your whole wardrobe is Manscaped. I, I this isn't a joke. Like <laughs> you think I'm capping? I'm not. I will go home and make a TikTok about how I have three Manscaped shirts. Support for Stay Hot is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive deal for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STAYHOT at manscaped.com. If my math is correct... If my math is correct, and I think Theo's math was this actually yesterday. That's about 8 million, 8 million balls. You know, the performance package 4.0 has arrived. And dare I say, it is a game changer. Inside this package, you will find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to, ho- to hold all of your goodies. And you know, first off, the Lawnmower 4.0 on its own. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer of all time. Like LeBron James of ball trimmers, easily. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their ad- advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, so naturally, no, no hair on the floor. Like, take it in the shower, man. And also, has a 400K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, again, say goodbye 
to the mess on the floor, man. You thought that was good, but do you want to take your grooming even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof because why wouldn't it be? And provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. And trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. They will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code STAY HOT. Stay hot like a, stay hot like a podcast. Like the podcast, hey, stay hot. Stay hot like the podcast. But has it, do we have any more basketball to talk about? You know, we should, you know what we didn't talk about today? What didn't we talk about? The Cleveland Cavaliers, man, and the future of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that teams are getting eliminated, I think that we can kind of talk about, um, you know, kind of the future of some of them. It's like, we've talked about the Jazz a lot before, and yeah, it's like, yeah. the Jazz just got eliminated. What what the hell are they going to do this offseason? And we thought about it, and we talked about it on our NBA Lives before, and the answer we keep coming up with is like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're going to do. So maybe that's something we can maybe, now that it's like officially done. Right. You want um, to, I, here's what I think they'll do. I think that they're going to keep it together because teams never blow it up when they're supposed to. They never do. And I think that they're going to look at this and they're going to say, hey, our problem isn't Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It's the supporting cast. And they're going to do everything in their power to go get like the role players around. Like, let's go get some more defensive wings on the perimeter. Let's go, you know, try to get some some guys who are maybe aren't quite as old, get a little bit younger, stuff yeah. like that. And they have some like contracts that are movable. I see a lot of their contract. I'm like, well, I guess they could trade that, but I haven't really, really looked into like what their options are. My guess would be that their options are probably not that good. Right. That's what it comes down to is like they're a little bit in a in a just a corner where it's like your options are just totally blow it up. Get rid of get rid of Donovan Mitchell. Get rid of Rudy Gobert, like and just totally rebuild after that. It's tough though because you know that means you're probably getting fired. <laughs> you're not seeing the end of the rebuild. You know what right. if the if the coach has got to be on thin ice right now, and maybe that's their solution. Fire him right now. I mean, it was a monstrosity what they were doing in that game, like in that series against the Mavs, where it was like so obvious how to beat them, and they just had nothing to stop it. And it's like they've been mid for so long. Like maybe it is just time to maybe fire the coach. Maybe that's the big change we make. Is this coach surviving like a horrible season with no, like I probably not. If they're if they're no, rebuilding, I, maybe it, they're just clearing house. So no, and like same with the GM, same with everyone. It's like yeah, can they survive a bad season? They're, probably not. They're not going to rebuild. Like it's the the coaches and the GM. They're not going to be like oh you know we're already not winning. Let's let's win even less. Right. Right. It's, they're like if my job's on the line, what what am I going to try and do? I'm going to try and get better in the immediate. It, or at the very worst, like stay the same, right? There, there's no reason to like, there's no reason to totally change. Yeah, so right. Matt, I, I, I do think that you're probably correct where they're probably not going to do the big exciting the, the big, trade. The big thing would be 
trading Donovan Mitchell. I think that there's a good chance that he may request a trade. Yes. But I would say that even if that happens, first off, the Jazz will get somebody back for him. They're not going to just like people are like, well, they'd have they'd lose Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but they're getting it's like you got to keep in mind they're getting people back in this trade. And if they get you know another good young player, who's maybe not Donovan Mitchell, but if they get a few good young players, right. they might say, let's retool the rest of the roster like we were going to before. Let's keep Rudy Gobert because that's our guy, and let's see if we can you know be a playoff team that's moving in the right direction instead of the wrong one, uh, without going through you know an OKC rebuild. Because again, teams just don't do that. Yeah. that often not that many teams can do it you know right um so i i think like i see a lot of rudy gobert trade talk especially you know because i right. you know, follow the hornets and whatever and i doubt that they move him unless he's like i want to be moved the other team that i think is an interesting like where do they go from here is the the nets now that they're just totally out of here and they have been for a while so maybe people have thought about this already but i think about it like man Ownership and, and the GM, they've got to be sick of Kyrie, right? I mean, this whole season, like the whole sitting out, he played half the games this year. And you, you add on top of that Ben Simmons, who has apparently, maybe this is just propaganda by the team, been like, there's my ment the mental side of it is like making my back worse. I don't think that's quite how that conversation went down. And it might just kind of be like anti Ben Simmons, but. He seems to have a lot of like roadblocks in his way to getting there. And Kyrie's unreliable and mm -hmm. KD's at this point unreliable when it comes mm -hmm. to A, his playoff performance, like the playoff performance that we just saw. And probably much more important than that because KD is still one of the best players in the world, in my opinion, like just his general health. So like, is there any way that this Nets big three, this what was supposed to be a super team is, is salvageable for next year? I think... I don't love their odds, but yes, like the Nets would be, the, if they blow it up, it could be 50 years before they get this type of talent. Again, maybe not 50, but like 20 years until they get this type of talent again on their team. We talk about like to win a championship, you almost always need one of like the top 10 or 15 best players ever. It's, it's that high of a standard. Yeah. And they have one in Kevin Durant. Yeah. I see their problem, you know, and, and they've, they've got a guy in Ben Simmons who, they could, I mean, I know it's, it's been a long time. I don't want to push, you know, Ben Simmons is going to go change the Nets' life because, you know, I, I, I just don't know when he's going to play at this point for whatever reason, but that could be a big get for them. They have two other first-round draft picks that they got in the Harden trade to retool the team. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of their problem was it was not a talent thing. The, the problem with the Nets, the reason why they – you know, got shut down a little bit by Boston. Not, not a talent thing. Not, oh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie aren't good enough. No, it's because they didn't move the ball well. They have terrible team chemistry because they've played like 15 <laughs> games together. All their best yeah. players have hardly ever played. And the funny thing is the team that was super talented but didn't have it together because their ball movement wasn't good enough was the Celtics at the beginning of the year. And they ended up figuring it out. Right. I think, like, mo I just think they need a little bit of, like, Momentum. I really they, they, do. Well, they've got to play the regular season together. Right. I know they want to like, it's like load management to the extreme. You have to play together. You have to be a cohesive team together. Yeah. It, Cause if next year they run about like Simmons, Kyrie, KD, you're stupid. If you think that core can't win a, a, a chance, like isn't capable of winning a championship. Like right. ideally in a perfect world where they play 82 games and they love each other. Like that's extremely dangerous. Right. But yeah, they just need to, get get a, in a groove they just the whole time they just haven't been able to do that so 
their best bet is just like, please, just for one year, can things go right? Kyrie, I mean, please. And it just, it comes down. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like they have please, to buy like, in. Buy Kevin in. Durant has to buy in. Katie has to, or Kevin Durant has to buy in. Kyrie has to buy in. Ben Simmons has to buy in. You have other, it's not like it's just those three, too. Seth Curry, amazing. You know, yeah. Joe Harris, amazing. And you can, Patty, you, I'm a big Patty Mills. Patty Mills is yeah. great. Bruce Brown, you've got other guys there. Maybe you need a few others, but you have the assets to go make the changes and, and mold the roster to what you need to do and what you need to go get, and you're in New York, so if you need to go get some other veteran role player in free agency, you can do it, and they have a middle-level exception. I think that if, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they're, both their legacies are kind of similar, right? Can KD do it without the Warriors? Can Kyrie do it without LeBron? And the only way they're going to, I think that they can, but the only way they're going to be able to prove it is if they go buy-in and win with this team, because they can do it. They just yeah. have to. Yeah. And it's tough play. for them. It's like personality. It's like personality. You just kind of two prickly like guys who aren't totally like they're, they're very not, not that this is a bad thing that not that they're bad people, but they're very like kind of individual centered. It seems like, and, and it seems like they kind of, it doesn't surprise me that this is the team that has problems like buying well, in. Like it, 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 it's, it's, yeah. I mean, you, you think about like Kevin Durant really hasn't pro proven that he can win by himself. Right. And, right. And, it, and left the warriors because he kind of resented how the fan base treated him specifically. And right. I mean, I guess I can't say maybe he doesn't care about championship because he literally left OKC to go win championships and he knew he was going to. And, and but he is just kind of like a, a, a prick. He's not so much like a, like this, you know, the one, the one quote I always go back to is, is Joe Thomas, where for the Cleveland Browns, they offered to trade him to the Patriots. There were multiple trade offers on the table for Joe Thomas to leave Cleveland. And he always said that he wanted to stay and he would much rather be a part of building a championship than riding the coattails of a champion. And I, and I think that kind of a mentality is, is like a championship mentality. As yeah, I don't know. Katie is definitely wired, wired a little bit differently than like yeah. Giannis as like a person and as like his approach to the sport of basketball or, or Chris Paul or something like that. He's a little bit, both him and Kyrie are just have a little bit more, almost like loftier. I don't know. I don't, I'm talking about guys I've never met now, but you, you know <laughs> I, what I mean? I, you, you I, know, think, like, and the thing is, I think people like, know what I mean. If they do buy in, we're looking at a totally different team if they play together. But there's a lot of things you need to, like, you need Kyrie to, you know, be out there. And that's not even from a personality standpoint. That's from Kyrie Irving is incredibly injury prone. Yeah. That's true. And, and Kevin Durant, you know, he's getting up there in age. So, and then Ben Simmons, we haven't seen him a long time. And he's dealing with, you know, the back stuff and, and, and the mental health stuff. So, and, and we don't know how we feel about the coach and how much do you put on Nash. I kind of think that the team not looking like put together on offense is not as much of Nash's fault as people want to say because it really, again, they've hardly played together. They've hardly had time to work right. things out. Um, so I, I would say that all of those things breaking their way are probably less likely than likely, but um, yeah. that's what it can absolutely happen. That's what they need to do. The Celtics are a complicated team. They have a lot of problems, and it's going to be almost impossible to fix all the of them in a single. Or, said yeah, the Celtics. my bad, the Nets. Nets the Nets. <laughs> it's going to be almost impossible. The Nets are a very – The Celtics, the Celtics are have very, no problems. The Celtics, the Celtics are, are, no, the Celtics are phenomenal. Except for Giannis. Giannis is their only problem <laughs> right now. The one other thing, uh, a first-round sweep oversells how bad the Nets were this year. Like, or it, yeah, it oversells it. Like, there was a 17-point total differential in a sweep against a team that looks like, you know, the best team in the league pretty much right now. Um, 
So I think there's a lot of ways where that series looks a lot more competitive. And I think there's a lot of ways where the Celtics end up going and winning it all. And it's like, well, it, it, I think it looks worse than it does. Not to, you know, take away from what the Celtics did or to give excuses, but. Yeah. I also want to say one thing about um, Kevin Durant in the series that he just had, because we haven't really talked about it yet. Mm-hmm. Obviously not a good series from oh. Kevin Durant. Um, but. I believe that the Nets had an eight and nineteen record without KD this year. Mm-hmm. Eight and nineteen with KD, they went thirty six and nineteen. Right. So yeah, he's still a really yeah. good player. That's my KD take. He had a bad series, and that's not okay. Yeah. But it's not like KD had a really good season and right. it's extremely valuable to the to the Brooklyn Nets. So. Yeah, that's my de- defensive. I'm not the world's biggest KD fan, but you know that's my uh, yeah. defensive. Two KD. more things before we get out. Uh, one, we just got word that Malik Willis, yeah, is a Tennessee Titan. Titan, um, which you know, okay. not, I think not it the makes worst sense. You world. don't need. I think that's a good fit for him. Yeah. Um, Tannehill is not garbage. I don't think Tannehill is someone who really dictates what how the defense like. Like, oh my God, this quarterback is so dangerous. He can. He can read one, two, three, and hit the third one on the run with like he's just not that. He's he's not this like superstar. He can put up good numbers, um, but like he's someone that can start for the Titans for a yeah. couple more years. Absolutely, Malik Willis falling to to where he did. Honestly, again, like I I had a third round grade on him, and I brought him up significant from where I originally was on him from from the stance of like. When I first saw some of his games, this you saw you. I remember. I, he, I, I mean, he looked undra- like he looked undraftable in some games in 2021. He really did. And then as the process went on, you know, oh, he could be a top five pick. He could be a top ten pick. I moved him up a little. I, I bought into like, yeah, you can teach him some of these things, but still, I never brought him higher than a third round pick. So that we're not going to get fully into it. Uh, D- Dean is another guy we'll talk about. We're going to re- recap, you know the draft on Monday. Yes. So we're going to talk about that. And then, you know, as we're getting out of here, uh, the uh, Minnesota Memphis game is just coming out of halftime. So we'll touch on that probably in the next episode as well, depending on the result. Um, yeah, that pretty much wraps things up. Matt Corral still on the board. Hey. Um, excited to see where he goes, but as always, tons and tons of content coming away on all platforms. Uh, we do have an episode coming out Monday, of course. So we're going to go over all this stuff on Monday. Thank you all for joining us been an incredible weekend in Vegas, tons of content. Um, and as always from corn boy, bird boy and lemon boy, we will catch you all on the flip. Mother's day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs. From technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, 
It's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.